0: Hello, welcome to the FPL Roundup with FPL Governor and FPL Tim. Tim, this was quite some game week, wasn't it? A lot of managers complaining, I think, that things just didn't go their way.
1: I think it's one of those weeks that will go down in FPL folklore as pretty dreadful by all accounts. I was on a wild card this week, and uh, as fellow wild cards will know, it didn't really work out too well for us.
0: Yeah, likewise, and it's, uh, well, we'll get stuck in, I think, straight away. There's plenty to talk about. It's time for the FPL Roundup. And we'll start with the first game of the game week, Brighton 2, Manchester United 3. Very eventful, rather set the tone for the game week. Uh, Manchester United scoring a last-minute penalty to win the game. And this was after Trossar hit both posts and the bar. Also missed a brilliant chance in front of goal as well. Webster hit the bar, March hit the post. Brighton's so unlucky not to win this game, Tim.
1: It was a Premier League record for a woodwork hit a number of times in one game, I think five times in total, uh, which is quite something. And I really felt for Brighton because they've come out this season playing some, a really positive brand of football. I thought they deserved at least a point from this game and it was just unfortunate circumstances that led to that last-minute penalty.
0: Yeah, and it was um, Lampsey continuing really to show promise for Brighton. He won the penalty for Brighton which was cheekily converted by uh, Neil Mopay. Um, uh, Lamsey's got an assist in every Premier League game so far. He's quite
1: an appealing option at what, 4-6? He's 4-6 and he's soon to go up to 4-7. Yeah, showing, showing great promise. We've commented on how good he looks in past episodes. Um, I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't choose him on my well card, actually. I thought he might be a nice switch uh, from James Justin when Justin's time is up uh so a bit disappointed in that sense but uh yeah lampty great option get him in if you can
0: yeah let's talk about the the final minutes or the added time which was 10 minutes long in the end two goals in added time poor o'brien thinking they'd equalized with a 90 plus five goal from uh, Solly march and then a penalty given for a mope handball a, literally a split second before the final whistle fernandez um won it and uh Well, Fernandes' penalty won the game and that's apparently the latest Premier League goal in nine years. Do you reckon he's important to own? He's finally coming good with his penalty credentials, also got an assist and actually assisted the assist for the Duncan goal
1: he's difficult to own that's the problem you either have to sacrifice one of your other big hitters from Man City or Liverpool or you have to compromise your squad elsewhere so I'm I'm not going with him but there is a strong argument because as we expected as soon as Man United start getting penalties which historically they've done and now with the new rule they might even get even more uh, it's going to be tricky if they start getting a penalty every game
0: yeah how do you think he compares to the big hitters because you've got what Salah and De Bruyne in your team is it is it viable to downgrade Salah for example to, to Fernandez or De Bruyne
1: maybe during a good run of fixtures but I'm I'm not going there just yet I'm still holding out and I think I need to hold on to those uh, the Liverpool and the uh, Man City player I think they're slightly more important to own at this stage
0: OK, so basically Fernandez, if you can afford him, but otherwise keep the faith with Salah and De Bruyne. Um, Rashford, great goal on the counter-attack, and him and Greenwood also scoring goals which were offside in the end. So really, all these Man United assets, except Martial, are beginning to emerge. What do you, what do you reckon about the other United players?
1: Well, they're all good options. I've said in, the, in past episodes, it's, it's just tricky because of the prices they're at, means there are other options elsewhere. I know a lot of people have got Rashford in because of the Son injury, but Son might actually be back quicker than expected. Uh, Martial, I think, is the most disappointing. I had him penciled in for game week two. I changed my plans, and thankfully I've uh, benefited from that, but he'll definitely come good at some point, and uh, I think he'll, he, he might be about to drop to 8.8.
0: Oh, OK, interesting. Well, I've got an, an interesting alternative for Son owners. Uh, we'll get onto that a bit later in the podcast. But first, we'll talk about West Brom 3, Chelsea 3. West Brom goals galore, scoring, what, 3 in the first half, 3 nil up at halftime. Um, and then Chelsea, Chelsea just really conceding from defensive errors. Do you think they were gifts for West Brom, or is it the baggies screaming for us to take their options for FPL seriously?
1: I think that West Brom have definitely overperformed on the goal-scoring front so far. They haven't had great quality chances, but they seem to be finding the, the net with difficult chances, so I, I don't know how sustainable that is. That said, Chelsea seem to just give them too much space and, and, and time and so on. And um, yeah, Chelsea just still haven't gelled. It's definitely going to take time. It's a work in progress, this team, with so many new players. Um, the credit to them for being able to come back in the second half.
0: Yeah, a bit of a worry actually for Rhys James owners, him at 5.1 million proving an attractive option in the Chelsea back line. But he's got two straight one-pointers in a row. But the good things are for Chelsea that their attack seems to be coming good with Mount and Havertz uh, starting to get more involved. Abraham back in the side leading the line, but this comes rather at the detriment to Timo Werner.
1: Yeah, we don't know exactly how they're going to line up. Again, uh, Ziyech and Pulisic are close to coming back to fitness and there are still loads of question marks about what the sort of number one lineup is going to be. I mean, if Abraham is starting and scoring each week, then it's very difficult to suddenly start him on the bench. Werner turned to play players that kind of off the shoulder of the front striker, as far as I'm aware, when he was at Leipzig. So maybe that kind of role suits him better than playing centre-forward.
0: OK, so maybe for Chelsea assets, just, just wait and see still and don't really uh, put all your eggs in Frank Lampard's basket just yet.
1: I think so. Uh, we saw Werner finally get his first Chelsea goal, although it wasn't in the Premier League, it was in the Cup game. Uh, but he had a slight niggle um, at the end of the game, I think. So uh, I, I, I I sort of... Said a comment on Twitter that I hoped Werner would come good after everyone sold him this week. But I mean, if I was in that position and I had him, I'd definitely be selling to someone else.
0: Yeah, my patience would certainly be running out with so many of the strikers getting on the score sheet. For example, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Everton. They beat Crystal Palace by two goals to one. Calvert showing he's really much still a predator in the penalty area, Tim.
1: Oh, Calvert-Lewin's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, what a start to this campaign. I'm thrilled to have got him in early. I got him at 7.0. He's now 7.4, set to go up to five. So uh, just, uh, yeah, so much momentum. And Everton look like a really solid team.
0: Yeah, but it was Richarlison who has finally come good on penalties. Uh, at £8 million, he's 0.6 more than Calvert at the moment. Do you think that's a price worth paying if he's on penalties and Calvert's not?
1: I think... While there's still this sort of difference, I'd still want Calvert-Lewin as the main target man. Obviously, the penalties is definitely is it? well the penalties is definitely uh, an interesting consideration. But if they were the same price, let's say, then I probably would pick Richardson just because of the penalties. Because we're just seeing so many, it's uh, it's ridiculous this season.
0: Yeah, um, Everton also conceding from a corner, so not good if you're an Everton defender owner. Um, Zaha is one of the most transferred in midfielders this week alongside Hamas Rodriguez for Everton. Clearly, managers are looking to exchange Son Heung-min, a slight downgrade. Which one of those would you go for? Zaha, Rodriguez, both similar price points. Um, Zaha actually 0.5 cheaper and both a slight downgrade from Son
1: I much prefer Rod- Rodriguez as an FPL option I said before I'm not a huge fan of Zaha they do have a good run against Palace but I, I, I still think there are too many question marks over his sort of sustained FPL output uh, and Everton just looked like a much better overall team so I think Rodriguez for the assists and the creativity uh, is probably going to be better in the long run
0: Nice, okay, let's move on. Burnley nil, Southampton 1. Danny Ings on the score sheet again. Funny story this, I was um, on the way back from Sunderland back down to Cambridgeshire after a commentary and what, three, four hours on the way back I was gloating to my uh, commentating partner um, that I had Danny Ings in my team and he scored and it turns out on my wildcard I'd taken him out and I'd forgotten <laughs> about it. So that, yeah, that proved um, pretty unsubstantial in the end. And also, I took McCarthy... Investigator out of my team, and then Vestergaard actually plays, and they keep
1: a clean sheet. Tim didn't go my way. This happened with a loss of people. I removed well, not the double Southampton defence. Hmm. Uh, oh, actually, saying that Kyle Walker Peters was uh, still selected by many, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, I sold McCarthy on my wild card for Martinez, so I was most frustrated. I also put Chris Wood in my team, um, who did score from. I think he probably was offside, but it was interesting that the linesman blew, um, well, raised his flag earlier than he should have, and so VAR couldn't look at it. Um, But overall, it was a bit of a a nothing game, just apart from that Danny Ings goal, which was frustrating for Sellers. I also sold Ings on my wildcard, so that was a bit of a tough one to take. Yeah,
0: and you've got Chris Wood as well, so that must be quite a a sickener, seeing him go close and almost winning a penalty and do quite well in the game.
1: Yeah, I still think Wood has potential in the long run. I mean, he's 6.5, so you've got to ride these blanks and so on. I think I'll probably keep him this week, and um, it's Newcastle, so uh, every chance of a goal. OK,
0: let's move on to Sunday's games. Manchester City 2, Leicester City 5, certainly the pick of them. Turns out no indeedy for for Leicester, no problem. I came into this one thinking Manchester City would steamroll the Foxes, but that's not how it turned out to be. Jamie Vardy winning and converting two penalties. It seems he's rather good at that this season, getting in front of the defender, winning a penalty and then scoring it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit sickening really, isn't it? Especially for those of us, like most of us, who chose Werner over Vardy game week one. Um, four penalties in three games is uh, just incredible and obviously you can't keep that up forever, but the fact is penalties are going to be increased this season and Vardy's always a threat from open play as well.
0: Yeah, are you bothered by Vardy at £10 million? Quite a lot for a striker, isn't it? But they do have West Ham and Villa up next.
1: Yeah, I just don't have the luxury of getting him in this week. I mean, mathematically speaking, I'm not worried about getting him because there are cheaper alternatives who would be expected to do sort of as well or or, or nearly as well in the next few games. But then you look at Vardy having West Ham at home and Aston Villa at home and think he's bound to... Grab a goal or two from those fixtures, so it's it's just going to be one that uh, you got to suck up and <laughs> hope that uh, he stays quiet in those games.
0: And then Castagna, the most transferred in defender this week, one goal and three assists from the first three games of the season, but. 5.7 million is that a stretch too far for the Leicester defender
1: well I said it I thought it was at 5-5 five, five, but he's proving to be a fantastic asset I mean well done to anyone who got him in um, the next two games look good so definitely an option if you're looking for some kind of defender differential
0: okay and Manchester City wise Kevin De Bruyne obviously just blanking in this game week not what we want particularly as a lot of people captained him this week um, but are there alternative options in the Man City midfield now Jesus is out Mares is back in the frame
1: yeah Mares got the first goal with a great strike and he has a prolific FPL output when he starts um, more likely to get starts during this period I guess so if you're looking for another midfield differential might be an option for Son owners who are looking to sell um, Yeah, De Bruyne was really disappointing. I gave him the captaincy as well. I expected big things. Uh, I left the game at one all to go to the gym, came back, refreshed my phone, saw 2-5 and thought, what on earth could have happened in that second half?
0: Yeah, some game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Mahrez is a really interesting option, even just if it's for a few weeks while Son's out and while Jesus is out. Um, that could be a nice differential. OK, let's move on. Sheffield United nil Leeds 1. Not a lot to talk about from this one. A lot of defenders actually having pot shots at goal from outside the area. But it was Bamford for Leeds who got the breakthrough near the end. His header makes it three goals and two assists in three games. Seems he's another man really in form at the moment.
1: Yeah, it was quite the contrast from Leeds' first couple of games, going from seven goals to, to just the one and a clean sheet. Uh, I owned Ailing until my wild card where I sold him, so that was another clean sheet lost. So very disappointing in that sense. Uh, Bamford, I, I don't think he can keep this up, but he certainly uh, bedded into the Premier League very, very well.
0: Yeah, also Leeds clean sheet-wise, I don't think they can keep that up. Um, the Leeds goalie had an absolute blinder. John Lundstrom should have definitely been on the score sheet in that game for Sheffield United. Um, West Ham 4, Wolves 0. I was disgusted with this result, Tim, having tripled up on Wolves on my wildcard. Normally defensively strong, but they just felt to bits in this one.
1: No, it's the kind of scoreline and performance you'd expect from Man City at home versus a, you know, a relegated Norwich or something. Quite incredible, and none of us expected this. This is just peak fpl isn't it we all piled in on the wolves assets ahead of their their run and uh Jimenez own goal of all things it's just crazy but I mean West Ham did really well um they earned the win and they thoroughly outplayed them
0: yeah I was disgusted with this Jimenez own goal Cody minus one and the other wolves defender who I've forgotten who have I got in size with a blank so I got minus one from three Wolves players absolutely disgraceful
1: so, aren't you just confirm that you went for the double Wolves defence.
0: I did double up on Wolves defence just the week that they decided to concede four goals in one game.
1: Are you uh, happy to keep them going forwards?
0: I'm happy, yeah, because Wolves last season were the most defensively strong team of all in the Premier League, I think. Certainly in terms of expected goals. So I'm really happy going forward. They've got good fixtures. I'm hoping this was just a freak one-off. And for some reason, West Ham are finally showing what they're capable of with... Uh, Jared Bowen at the double even Alair got on the score sheet that's saying something
1: and Thomas Sushek, who we were all uh, debating whether we should have in our game week one squad got an assist um, I guess they've deemed that it wasn't going in but the fact is he's looking like a real threat even though they've got difficult games coming up
0: Yeah, West Ham options certainly looking interesting. Definitely ones to watch. Okay, it's time to take a break, I think. But afterwards, we'll be talking about what's going on with Jose Mourinho's Spurs side. He was really unlucky to um, not win against Newcastle, I think. Aston Villa, they've got a new signing. They're coming into the next game straight off the back of a 3-0 win at Fulham. And then Liverpool and Arsenal. What's the situation with Mo Salah and Sadio Mane? And also the defenders, of course. Find out after the break on the FPL Roundup. Okay, we'll start the second half of the roundup at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs 1, Newcastle 1. Newcastle with a jammy late penalty, Tim. Another victim, oh well Spurs are another victim of this new handball law. The controversy continues there. But the main thing from this game I thought was Hyung min Son in the first half. Hitting the post and the bar and then getting subbed at half-time.
1: Oh, it's just fpl things again there was um summed up this week all, all these freak events of course i drafted in son like many did uh thinking i'll happily set and forget as we like to say and of course first week back gets an injury which is a, a real shame because he looks like a real threat this season
0: Yeah, shame. He's going to be out for a few weeks, I think. So certainly time to uh, think about getting him out of your teams if you've not done that already. And yeah, annoying particularly because we just brought him in on our wildcard. So we're taking him out for the second time this season.
1: Well, you say that, but then Mourinho commented that he's uh, not playing, uh, was it tonight or tomorrow, in the hope that he might be ready for an upcoming game. So I think they've slightly, slightly exaggerated the state of Son's injury. He might be back sooner than expected.
0: But you'd still think get rid before his price drops too much?
1: Uh, well, I did because I got him, I sold him before the price drop. But there is an argument for keeping him. But it, it, it's going to depend if you've got a strong enough bench. And of course, there are other very good options in the midfield that you can easily downgrade to. So uh, play, play, play proactively, you know, pick, <laughs> pick someone you think is going to score.
0: Okay. well, Harry Kane got another assist. Is he one to play proactive on, do you think? No goals for him in this one, though?
1: Well, I still struggle with his price. If you've got him in, then definitely hold. But I'm not looking to upgrade him just because of the other forward options. And, yeah, Kane with uh, more creativity than Kevin De Bruyne this season.
0: Yeah, and Callum... (laughs) <laughs> nice, I like it. Whoa, what, five assists, in the last, five assists in the last two games? Yeah, quite yeah. quite incredible. And yeah, Newcastle, the jammy penalty at the end. Callum Wilson, again, scoring that one for the Magpies, showing, you know, just his staking a claim for that forward spot. But you think he's one to avoid. There's better options, even though he's on penalties.
1: I do. It's a really fortunate one for Newcastle. I mean there are plenty of other penalty takers who are in better overall squads um yeah i really felt for spurs in this this one actually i i don't really have any uh empathy towards them but um this was definitely a result of a, a game that they deserve to win
0: now fulham nil villa three interesting talking point from this one is that ross barkley has joined aston villa on loan what do you make of him because do you remember a season or two ago he was doing bits for chelsea really good form um, yeah, and now he's joined Villa, do you reckon he might be an interesting option? Quite a cheap price tag.
1: Yeah, he's 5.9 and it seems like every season we play FPL, there's always a Ross Barkley bandwagon at some point. So <laughs> this might be uh, this might be this season. So it just comes down to me as, as to whether he's nailed. I'm I'm impressed with Villa in the sense that they seem to have picked up where they left off at the end of last season, where they seemed to transform side after the break. Um, another clean sheet for them. They haven't conceded a goal in their opening Two games, I believe.
0: Yeah, difficult whether Barkley will fit straight in after they won three nil. I mean, it was at Fulham, but yeah, Ross Barkley, a big marquee signing. You'd think he'd be guaranteed minutes. We'll have to wait and see. But a good sign for Villa also that Martinez kept a clean sheet. One thing on the wild card which did come good, Tim.
1: Yeah, thankfully that was a sigh of relief after McCarthy's clean sheet. And they do have Liverpool this week, but Aston Villa have relatively decent games going forwards and um if they're showing those defense that defensive solidity then um we should nab a few clean sheets here and there
0: yeah but the thing is with Barkley coming in would you keep the faith with the likes of Grealish McGinn Howrahan also look good against Fulham he really might mix things up Barkley uh just a word on Fulham keeping the faith on Mitrovic if you're an owner what do you think Tim
1: I would, I mean he had I believe six shots in the match, they weren't the highest quality but the fact is he's going to be the absolute focal point for Fulham and they do have decent games going forwards and he is only six million which is a very fair price indeed.
0: Yeah that's certainly a perk, only six million pounds for a striker who's starting every game and who can always get on the end of a cross, that's what you can always rely on Mitrovic for. Uh, finally, we'll go to Anfield. Liverpool three, Arsenal one. The the late game on Monday night. Again, Tim. I said this last week. Returns shared around. You hate that term, don't you? But Mane, Salah, Robertson, and Alexander Arnold all getting attacking returns.
1: So I went for Sir Robo of the <laughs> Sir Andrew of the House Robertson uh, on my wild card and. Uh, I was uh, disgusted at his defensive error that led to the Lacazette goal but uh, he redeemed himself by guessing on the score sheet uh, and scoring double figures my highest score of the week somewhat saving a, a very disappointing game week but Liverpool on the whole looked like a brilliant unit um, they look hungry again once they'd won the title last season I think they took their foot off the gas slightly but they look completely up for it they completely outplayed Arsenal on the whole uh and if you don't have at least two Liverpool players in your t- team um I'd ask you what you what you're thinking behind that is yeah
0: talk me through this you went for Robertson and not Trent Alexander-Arnold surely that's the cardinal sin of FPL
1: well not really I mean the thing is they're both going to haul at different times and so on and of course Trent actually got the uh the uh, bonus points in this despite a yellow card uh, with only an assist so they are both gonna uh, score at different times but it it purely came down to funds I wanted at least one of the two uh so I didn't want to just have Van Dijk let's say and it just came down to all the price points of the other players that I wanted and I thought that Robertson was a reasonable compromise because he's actually playing slightly more advanced than Trent Alexander-Arnold this season Okay,
0: but he's not exactly going to bang in a free kick from time to time, is he?
1: That's the danger, but that's the extra 0.5 that you pay for.
0: (laughs) The 0.5 for the free kicks alone. Um, Finally, better better mention Mo Salah. He's in a lot of teams at the moment. Scored a hat-trick in the opening game week, but haven't seen much of him since. Are you starting to lose the faith with Mane seemingly getting uh, the pick of the goals?
1: I'm not losing the faith. I mean, it's too early to say, but of course, uh, we always know that Salah's so got a penalty around the corner, or at least that's what we're hoping. So, uh, penalties allow players to haul even if they're not doing the best from open play.
0: Okay, well, that's just about us for this week's FPL roundup, but we've got to do the transfers still. So, Tim, we've already played our wild cards, so that's one thing we don't have in our artillery of chips anymore so have you already made a transfer this week you mentioned uh human song getting injured and imagine he's gone straight out of your team already
1: yeah as I say I banked the point one I made on the wild card and I made an early transfer so just to uh, go back to my team quickly I I only scored 38 last week and I dropped to 1.4 million so it was a, a very disappointing wild card but I was looking at my team and thinking I'm not unhappy with anyone that I've chosen in my team it's just one of those things that happens I was hoping I'd be able to save but of course the son injury somewhat forced my hand and uh, you had a prediction of what move I was going to make didn't you
0: yes yeah, so I imagine you've gone son to Harvey Barnes because you've been bigging him up so much and he's he's still impressing is the youngster as well
1: yeah I, I've talked to a lot about Harvey Barnes about the fact that he's shooting he's playing very advanced but actually you might be shocked to realize that I've not transferred in Harvey Barnes. I have in fact gone for Leandro Trossard at 6 million.
0: Yeah, the first name we mentioned on today's pod. What, hitting both posts and the crossbar, really showing he's got a lot of promise there.
1: He has got a lot of promise and he's only 6 million, so it frees up funds elsewhere and just gives a bit of flexibility. Um, One that you can kind of Uh, Hopefully, sit through some blanks because he shouldn't be expected to score every week. But he always has that potential. I mean, this was against Man United, who expect a sort of a a top four team, aren't they? And and yet, um, Trossard looked possibly the most dangerous on the pitch. I I said last week that I'd probably prefer prefer Trossard as a midfielder compared with Mope as a forward. But of course, Mope got the goal this week because he's on penalties. So that's the only uh, question mark. But yeah, Trossard is my. Switch from Son, 3.1 million in the bank to do something else next week. And uh, yeah, gives me lots of options going forward.
0: Nice, very strong. Well, I think for my change from Son, I think I'm going to be going for Riyad Mahrez, Tim. What do you make of that?
1: A good transfer. Yeah, take advantage while, uh, while Mahrez is likely to be starting.
0: Yeah, that's the plan, hopefully, for a few weeks. Son will be out, Jesus will be out, and Mahrez will be in as a result, and hopefully getting a lot of points. He's certainly uh, impressed against Leicester scoring that absolute rocket. OK, well, Tim, it's time for the FPL Slammer, that time of the week where we decide to get our own little bit of revenge on a player who's underperformed in our FPL teams in the previous game week. Now, currently in the Slammer, we've got Alex McCarthy, the Southampton goalkeeper. Uh, we've got Deli Alli as well. And last week, I put in Timo Werner. Now, do you think any of those deserve a reprieve?
1: Uh, absolutely not. You could make an argument for Alex McCarthy, but the fact is he punished me after i sold him so i definitely want to keep him (laughs) okay
0: but objectively tim mccarthy clean sheet against burnley did the job as a goalkeeper had a shutout six points
1: all right fine if you're that insistent (laughs) you can let him out
0: okay alex mccarthy is under reprieve so it's just deli ali and timo Werner.
1: yeah deli ali are one of the absolute flops of the season i think he's 7.6 so he's already dropped four times
0: yeah, Jose Mourinho hinting in his press conference this week that he might be making a return to the starting lineup, but I think that's all just, uh, just child's play and nonsense, to be honest. And Timo Werner also not impressing at all. Got an assist, I think, in the game week, but nothing more. Um, so this week, Tim, who's it going to be going in your team? Disappointing game week, you just spoil for choice.
1: It's a tricky one, but I'm actually going to go with Roman Seiss because I had such high expectations of Wolves' defence and a zero is never pleasant. I think it would be too harsh on Jimenez because that own goal, he couldn't really do much about it. It's just one of those freak occurrences.
0: Yeah, so Roman Sice with a zero-pointer um, against West Ham. two Four goals conceded, minus two cancels out the two that he got for playing 90 minutes and what's worse tim is that connor cody got minus one because he got a yellow card on top so i'll be chucking him in the slammer i reckon
1: i'm just looking at your team in front of me and it, it just looks horrible seeing a negative in your in your team doesn't it yeah particularly
0: alongside two zeros from the other wolves players as well so that's that means we've got cody size ali and Werner in the slammer it seems like we're going to run out of cells at this rate a lot of players disappointing
1: yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Um, well, that's what the slammer's there for, isn't it? OK, Tim, we've got a bit of time left on the roundup to
0: look forward to the next game week. All of the games, actually, across Saturday and Sunday. Most of them on Sunday. It's going to be quite some Super Sunday, I'll tell you that. Um, but uh, interesting one in terms of captaincy options because we've kept the faith with the Wolves players and they're at home to Fulham, for example. Manchester City visit Leeds... Liverpool visit Aston Villa there's plenty of captaincy options this week could be a nice bit of variation
1: yeah at the moment I've got the armband on Jimenez of of all players after his nice own goal last week so he still has scored in three consecutive games
0: Yeah, I feel like you're being a bit of a maverick this season, Tim. You're trying to uh, play a bit more of the differential game. You say you've got Trossard in for for Brighton. He's in your FPL team now. And now you're captaining Jimenez, who obviously won't be largely favoured. There won't be many people transferring him into their teams after he got zero points.
1: Yeah, I'm a changed man this season, clearly. But but no, I I don't know if I am going to keep that captaincy. That's just my sort of provisional thought, because I'm trying not to overthink it in this sense, because it's, Jimenez, who we know is a prolific goal scorer, maybe not in terms of hauls in each individual game, just in consistency, but it's Wolves against the worst defence or the second worst defence at home.
0: Who's the worst defence?
1: West Brom by a country mile.
0: Okay, and who are West Brom playing this week? Let's have a look. They are at Southampton. So maybe
1: Danny Ings? Danny Ings, sneaky differential captain, if you've got him. I don't. I could get him for a hit, but I think that might be overkill when I've got Chris Wood against Newcastle.
0: Yeah, that's pushing it a bit far. But yeah, that's an interesting shout Him and it's um, Planting a seed in my mind. I've currently got it on De Bruyne, but I haven't really assessed my options properly yet. Uh, but yeah, there could be plenty of variation this week. And certainly if you're playing a bit of the differential game, it could be to your benefit and you could easily find yourself flying up the ranks after four game weeks. And that is this week's FPL Roundup. Thanks very much for listening. As always, please give us a review, subscribe. It all really helps. We're trying to grow the podcast and anything you can do to help us out. Spread the word, share it with your friends if you like it. Or if you don't like it, tell us what we can improve on as well. That'll be really useful. So thanks very much for listening and goodbye.
1: Goodbye.